Hey everyone, welcome to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Marie-Pierre, and for all my English friends out there, you can call me Marie. I am a registered dietitian with a background in psychology. My passion in life is to help individuals heal their relationship with food and their bodies. If you're tired of dieting and tired of restriction, you are at the right place. I'm hoping that this podcast will help and support you as you heal your own relationship with food and your body and give you the tools, the resources, and the knowledge that you need to finally ditch the diets. Every week, you will be hearing from guest experts and myself on all things food, body, and mind. I am so happy that you're here and I cannot wait to support you on your journey. Let's get started. everyone. Welcome back to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I hope that you are doing great in this January. Hope you're loving the snow and the cold. How are we feeling starting this new year? I feel like every year that we start, there's always this like high the first few days of January. And then we're like, oh my God, it's still snow. (laughs) Now that the Christmas tree is gone, like, oh, there's still snow. Um, But I hope that you are doing well. I'm really excited today about our podcast because we are inviting Claire, who is a dietitian on the Balance Practice team. She's been working with me for almost a year now. And she is a wonderful dietitian. She works with clients who have eating disorder, disordered eating. She has a really uh, super cool approach with um, youth. So teenagers and university students and working with parents and emotional coaching and all that stuff. And she is just such a wonderful human being. And today we are going to talk about the difference between the system. So public health measures versus individual responsibility in our care. We thought that'd be such a cool topic to bring on because Claire also works in public health. So talking about like that higher level, like how she can impact systems, she can impact different um, areas as working in public health versus when we work one-on-one with people. So we thought it'd be super cool to bring that in with the um, twist of like how diet culture kind of impacts both systems and what is our responsibility in that and in our healing. So I hope you're going to love this podcast episode. If you do, please, please, please leave us a review. So give us a five-star rating and review. Let us know what you learned, what you like. It means so much to us. And what we've decided to do is that if you review the podcast this week and leave us a five-star review, if you send me a screenshot on Instagram, I will buy your next coffee. Yes, I'm going to send you a Starbucks gift card if you review the podcast and send me a screenshot. It means so much to me that you would take this 90 seconds to do that. And I really, really appreciate you. All right, let's get into the podcast episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. We have an awesome guest today. I'm so excited. This has been a long time coming. We've been trying to record this podcast for months. So I'm really happy that we're finally doing it. So today we have Claire on the podcast. Claire is one of the dietitian at The Balance Practice. Super pumped to have you here, Claire. Hello, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So excited too. 
So today we are going to talk about systems versus individuals. So we're actually going to talk about um, how like health behaviors change in terms of like the public health system. And then as an individual, like what is our role and our responsibility in terms of like advocacy and all that stuff? Like, I think it's going to be a super nuanced conversation. I'm super excited for it. But before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit more about you, who you are and what got you to do the work that you do today? Yeah, I'd love to. So um, I'm a dietitian and I've been a dietitian for almost six years. I live um, in southwestern Ontario and did my schooling with um, the University of Guelph and then London Health Sciences. Um, I knew I always wanted to do something in healthcare um, and wasn't really super keen on like shift work and, and so ended up, you know, and I knew I loved food and um, it's such a big component in my family's culture and, um, and just love trying new foods and, and also loved, you know, the nutrition program was sort of well-rounded in terms of like we get sort of the social science um, courses and also the really sciencey biochemistry type of courses as well. So that really suited my interests and my learning styles. So nutrition really um, kind of from high school, I, I knew that that was kind of the road that I wanted to go. Um, and so I started my career in public health and I've worked um, with you know, infant feeding and prenatal nutrition through to older adults and chronic disease prevention. So really got to do a lot of different roles in public health, but I always knew that, you know, working with eating disorders and disordered eating is, was definitely always been, it's always been my passion. And so a lot of my training and, you know, placements, um, volunteering has been around working with individuals in an outpatient setting and in inpatient settings that are struggling with their relationship with food. Um, it's really that connection with mental health and nutrition that I think is what I love so much. And, and I think that we've really sort of, it's, it's evolving and, and we're learning a whole a lot more about it these days and that's I think that's kind of why disordered eating and eating disorders are, have been such a passion for me because of that mental health component so yeah yeah, yeah. I love that so much um, and it's so interesting that like for you you like kind of knew from the start of like I want to be an RD <laughs> like this is what mm -hmm. I want to do um, which is super super interesting so I'd love to talk about um, I guess the role of an RD in like a public health setting so when we hear like public health like I don't know that everybody knows exactly like what do we do in public health is it regulations is it like health campaigns like it's like large public like what do we do as a dietitian in like public health in general? Yeah, yeah, really good question. And so instead of working one-on-one -on -one in a clinical setting or in um, like a private practice setting, we we don't have clients and rather the, our clients or our patient is the community. And so we work at sort of a higher level and it involves some advocacy and um program planning. I work in my, my role right now, um, I work with schools. So I do uh, particularly elementary schools. And so what that might involve is assisting schools and school boards and, you know, principals to implement um, policies that would support a positive environment in the classroom, a positive food environment in the classroom. And so 
maybe that talks about you know not using food as a reward in the classroom or you know non-food related or other options for fundraising versus our typical you know bake sale or um, that kind of thing celebrations kind of role modeling different behaviors and also education and training for teachers and and school staff um, one of my areas that I really like to do is, is education and training around weight bias, um, because we know that bullying uh, because of weight can be such a, in the school environment is such a key, um, key component. So public health RDs can work in schools, they can work with young families and, and healthcare providers and doing, you know, different community programs, they might work on program planning and evaluating different community initiatives. Uh, they really work across the wider sector. They may work in, in your recreation. They may work with your local arena and implementing, you know, different options at the arena to ensure that all foods fit. Um, they may have supported a policy about food insecurity as an income-based problem. And so not, you know, focusing on more the, the source of of the issue, which is income, uh, rather than um, focusing on food donation. So it really is a, a, a whole other skill set and, and other realm. It's a whole other world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that so much because like the reach at that level is very, very different. And we wanted to talk about this type of like dynamic between like working for like public health versus like individualized work because the work that we do at The Balanced Practice is very much like anti-diet weight inclusivity. It's a stand that we take and it's something that when we work with clients, we're like, we realize that there is a piece of personal work that we need to do, a lot of internalized stuff that we need to work through, a lot of like me taking care of me and making sure that I'm healing. But then we also know that there's also the whole system, right? Like diet culture as a system. And knowing that our society is knee deep in diet culture means that like our public health is also impacted by diet culture, right? Mm -hmm. Through the years. So it's really cool. Like when we think about like the role that dietitians can take into public health, it's like this piece of like advocacy at a whole other level that can happen. Like it's so yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And, and navigating diet culture in the public health system versus as an individual. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, can it's we a whole talk different. A little bit about, yeah. Can we talk a little bit about that? Like when we think of like, so in our realm, like when we think of diet culture, so we think of like this belief around like thinness. So like the way inclusivity part that you talked about, we talk about labeling foods. Those are things that I think are public health like impacts all individuals around, right? Like if there's policy about good foods versus bad foods or like only bring healthy things to school, like all of these things are super impactful in terms of like then the person. So could we talk a little bit about how, how does diet culture come to impact the health, the public health? And then how can we start like doing that advocacy work at that level? Yeah, really good question. And, and definitely historically, you know, some public health interventions were more weight centric or focused on, you know, the individual and viewing, um, you know, the individual's body size or health as sort of only a something within the individual's control and a modifiable thing that, that the individual has complete control over. And we know now as more research comes out, as you know, 
as things evolve over time, we have shifted our practice, but it does take time and, and system systematic change. It, it takes, you know, it takes time and, and there is, I think, an evolution happening and changing the way that we that public health interventions are run and the priorities and even you know funding for different programs or projects uh, i do think that there is uh, a change happening it just does take some time and so and even you know weight bias um public health and and healthcare systems employ healthcare professionals right and and traditionally our education um comes with a more weight centric type of training and and we know that healthcare providers do from the research that we've seen do have some you know some point of or some weight bias within within us whether it's a dietitian a nurse a doctor whoever um, and so we've really in the public health system this is where we started our change was some training for those healthcare providers and and even just education about what weight biases and how acknowledging and recognizing weight bias within ourselves, and then, and then, um, you know, focusing on the weight stigma around us. So maybe it's working, you know, public health may work with a local family health team and, and talk about what are some policies that we can put in place to reduce some weight stigma in, in your practice or in your field, you know, are there chairs that are, you know, is the environment supportive to support all bodies? And, and, you know, just because the world that we live in sort of puts this value, places a certain value on a certain type of body, it's really trying to kind of challenge that thought. And, and so I think where public health has been a bit of a, a leader or has started that change is, is starting with weight stigma training within their own staff and then reaching out to educators and primary care providers, um, starting that way. Um, and then I think over time, our, as, as research unfolds and program changes and our standards change, we're able to kind of have this lens of, of a health inclusive approach, just like we would, just like a practitioner working one-on-one -on -one would have that approach, having that lens for all of our public health programming as a, as a public health unit, for example, in, in Ontario. Hey, hey, I'm just stopping this podcast episode to tell you about a free class that you can join today. We are in January. Diet culture is on high speed right now. And I want to help you through it because it's not easy when everybody's doing like all those like resolution to like lose weight and do the diet and all these challenges. And you may be feeling uh, overwhelmed a little bit. So in this class that I'm hosting, we will be talking about how we can continue to eat guilt-free, have food freedom, have body confidence, and going through that step-by-step -step approach to healing. Within that, like we talk about this piece of leaving and diet culture, you know, like setting those boundaries, advocating for ourselves, but really being grounded in this healing work. So if you are interested in doing this work yourself, if you are ready to like truly let go of diet culture once and for all and do this healing work at a personal level, I'm here for you. So join me in this free class. Guys, it's free. And I cannot wait to see you there. You can sign up at www.thebalancepractice.com forward slash sign up. Cannot wait to see you sign up. It's free. Yeah.
I, I love that so much. And I don't know for listeners how you feel hearing this, but like I hear this and I'm like, hope. There is yeah. hope in the system. <laughs> like this sounds like really, really cool that like we know that like it's not all on us as individuals to do these things, but knowing that like our institution, like, and here we are in Ontario, Canada, like it's not everywhere in the world. I'm aware of that, but that there are like, and like you were saying before we press record, like a lot of dietitian pushing towards this. Like there's a lot of healthcare providers who are working in those institutions that are pushing for change. So although change may not come as fast as we wanted to at times, knowing mm-hmm. that these things are starting to be in place, like, change is happening and that's pretty freaking cool yeah it's a cultural shift and it does take time and and absolutely yeah for sure i i agree it is hopeful to know that that you know things are evolving and and you know it and it is not even the whole health inequity piece i think that's really become a public health priority and focusing in on um how the system, how the world is created and the communities that we're in and, and all these different social determinants of health, how they impact our health and how so much of that is not within the individual's control. And, and you know, how can we sort of create a, an environment, a community to support health and limit some of those inequities that are in place? Yeah, I, I really, really like that. Like, that's super, super cool to hear. Um, so in terms of like the public health in that system, so when we think I'm going to bring it back to like diet culture, where we think yeah. like this is a systemic issue, right? Like when we think of like fat phobia, when we think mm-hmm. of, um, yeah, yeah, praising the thin ideal, when we think of like labeling foods, like it's like this system of belief that we have acquired, um, but that's uphold by the system that we live in. So Mm -hmm. saying that, sometimes it can start feeling like disempowering, I guess, because we're like, well, it's the system that needs to change. Like Mm -hmm. my body feels like it doesn't fit in this world. Like it feels like ah, super frustrating, right? If we're like, well, it's system, systems need to change. How would you kind of balance that within like systems need to change, but also empowering an individual in their own kind of Mm -hmm. healing? Yeah. Yeah. And I think really setting boundaries too to kind of protect yourself and your energy because there's only so much that one person can do and and um while there is change happening at the system level you're right how does an individual you know navigate and live in diet culture knowing that it's still quite prevalent today and unfortunately it's it there's still lots of issues and um and so whether that is I think it's a really individualized question and what works for one person and different strategies might not work for another. So one person may take to advocacy or, you know, using social media, their own personal social media to kind of share some awareness with their friends and family when, when, you know, um, not so much sort of calling out things, but maybe calling in or bringing the attention to what the issue is and or, you know, possible solutions. And so, but not everybody can do that and that's fair. So whether it's advocacy on that level um, or even for yourself when you go to the doctor and you're noticing um, or you go to a dietitian or you go to, you're seeing a nurse and, and you're, you know, challenging some of those those questions that might not be helpful and trying to be your own advocate, which it does take energy and, and, you know, the individual can, you can absolutely choose to set up your own boundaries and, and you don't have to kind of shut down every little diet culture, um, you know, 
hit that comes at you, it, it, you know, you can kind of pick and choose and, and, uh, but I do think it really is individualized and, and it, but it can be, it can absolutely be draining if you feel that it's sort of all on your shoulders. And, and so I think finding ways that works for you, whether it's, you know, controlling your own social media feed to follow accounts that are more health at every size and um, focused, um, unfollowing those or muting, um, unhelpful messages or friends or um, those kinds of things and trying to uh, because what we can kind of choose to an extent extent the what the media that we're consuming um, it, it is somewhat in our control so that might be helpful yeah yeah I, I totally agree I totally agree because like I agree like we don't want to put the um, what's the word in English we don't want to put the the weight of all of this on the shoulder of the individual, knowing that a lot of these issues are systemic. Like Mm -hmm. there are parts of this that like, it's not on you to have to change, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and that part is being done at a higher level. So there may be things here as individuals that we can do to promote that change, you know, like writing to like your minister in your, in your city or like, um, doing a lot of that advocacy work, you can, you don't have to, you don't have to have that weight on your shoulders, um, knowing that there are things that are being done, but then it's looking at like, for you, how do we make sure that you one are empowered through this? So it doesn't start feeling hopeless, but mm-hmm. also that we do things that are aligned for you. Like I always see this and I know you guys can't see my hands cause we're on a podcast, but like, <laughs> if you made like a fist, like your fist is like you, like, this is you, your own healing. Like you also most likely have internalized fat phobia, right? You most likely also have a lot of diet culture messages that are, even if they're not conscious, they're there. So we have that work to do for ourselves. Like we have some work that we need to do as individuals and that healing for ourselves. And then if you take that fist and like all around that fist is what we have is that that diet culture. And then we learn how to navigate through that, knowing that it's not our job to change it, that there are people like Claire, (laughs) who is doing that work at the higher level, who are able to do that, right? So I think that's a really cool thing, right? Because I, what I don't like sometimes is when we hear like, oh, it's the systems and the systems need to change. And then it feels like, okay, but I need to live. Like I need to live day to day. So how, how, like if it's all about systems, it feels like there's nothing I can do when truly there are a lot of little things that we can do as individuals with leaving out the responsibility to do the systemic work. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Finding your community too, to kind of validate and empower you. I think that can be helpful at times and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's really cool how both of those work together. So tell us a little bit about that because you do both. You work at the public health um, space and then you also work with individuals. So tell, tell us about those nuances. Like how do you see like those two words like complement one another? Yeah, really good question. So in uh, my public health role, I might work at sort of diet culture in the classroom and starting with even how we teach nutrition at at the school level, you know, the, the no good or bad foods. I think even Canada's food guide has kind of evolved. You know, we've moved away from portions and, and to more of a mind, like, you know, proportions and kind of all foods can fit and how we eat can be just as important as, you know, what we're eating and, you know, focusing on other aspects beyond just the nutrition science and nutrient focus. And, um, and so I think, 
as you know, the food, food guide is one example of how things have, have evolved. And we know that that is a tool. It's not perfect, absolutely. But in the classroom, we might talk about, you know, food experiences and curiosity and traditions and culture with food and, and talk about how food is grown. And that might be a more helpful approach to trying to categorize food as healthy or unhealthy or good or bad, because we know that that might not actually be helpful. And that we, I think research is starting to come out and say that that, that might actually be cause some harm because, um, you know, children don't necessarily control what they're bringing to school, right? They, that's not within their control. And so um, we want to kind of foster a positive relationship in the school environment. And so navigating diet culture, I think in the classroom, you know, with some how nutrition is talked about, in, incorporating some food literacy components, um, talking about the, with the teacher about uh, weight bias and how to kind of recognize it and talk about it in a way that is inclusive so that, you know, it, bullying is not happening because of body weight, shape or size. Um, and then maybe at the school level, there might be um, different policies to kind of support and foster a positive relationship with with food, whether it's yeah not having food as a reward or, you know, creating different school level policies um, to kind of support overall health and focusing on kind of behaviors and and um, an age appropriate, I guess, nutrition. Yeah. That's yeah. So important, especially when you think of school, right? Like at that age, especially that we're so like influential. And then when you hear things about like, this is a bad food, like you shouldn't have that. Yeah. You should eat this healthy food first. Like I know for a time being, they had like healthy snacks, like your morning snack had to be a healthy one. And it's, although I think the intention is good. Um, yeah, it's, it creates a lot of issues, right? One of the food labeling, but also like the access to it. If a family is not able to have that access, what happens when the kid is not able to, so are they just not going to eat or are they going to eat other things and then being teased about it? Like there's, there's just yeah. so much around it, right? That like, when you look at that level of how we teach kids about food and how we're able to start kind of like uh, in my head it's like protecting them from like all mm -hmm. these like harmful messages around food yeah. but really more from this piece of like education and like how food makes us feel and like connecting together and having lunch together like mm -hmm. all of these things that they do in schools that's actually really cool but that kind of like is underplayed I think exactly yeah and then when we look at kind of the one-on-one -on -one setting it is sort of challenging those thoughts and and reframing them uh you know they're actually there is no good or bad food and, and allowing yourself to kind of putting sort of those practices in place within the context of your own individual life. And, and like, you know, like we said, one way may not, you know, what is normal or healthy eating that's so individualized. And so what I love with my work at the balance practice is we can kind of unpack that and work one-on-one -on -one and kind of find what works best for that, what fits with that lifestyle and, and, you know, the person's taste preferences and and culture and kind of bringing in all the things that make us unique and how that impacts the you know how that impacts our food choices and how to kind of shut down diet culture when it tries to creep in, <laughs> uh, in into our our food choices or our thoughts yeah i love that so much like you said like super personalized and we're just able to really um 
yeah, individualized care for every person and how things are being um, received. I almost see it as like both like public and personalized, like fuel each other, right? Like the more that we have like anti-diet messages through the public health system, the more that things are inclusive, the better Mm -hmm. it is for population, right? The less chances of people having more eating disorders or eating tendencies arise because we're not taught these harmful messages but vice versa too like the more that people do their own individual healing the more that there's also pressure on the healthcare system to change right it's this this like ongoing like vicious cycle of like both working together is what's really going to make the biggest change I think yes yeah I agree I love that so much (laughs) Thank you for being on and connecting with us on like this topic. Like it's so cool to be able to talk about systems versus individual. I don't think this is something we've ever talked about, but I think it's super important to kind of like differentiate the different roles. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So um, before we go to our fun questions, where can people find you if they want to work with you? Tell us a little bit about your work at the balance practice. Yeah. Yeah. So I love working with, you know, if, if you're struggling with disordered eating or have an eating disorder, um, I love, you know, working with all kinds of clients. I support all ages from teens and I, I enjoy working with teens and, and parents as well as, you know, university or, or young adult age and uh, throughout adulthood as well. So um, really my favorite part is is connecting with my clients of all of all walks uh, uh, and stages of life. Um, you can find me on the Balance Practice uh, website. I, you can book me online directly. So my schedule is there, and you can find um, you can find a, a, a time that works for you. So uh, the Balance Practice. You can book me online directly, um, and I would love to meet with you and connect with you. Yeah. And at the time of this recording too, we will have launched our eating disorder program, which is super exciting. Something we've been working a a lot on. (laughs) Um, And this will be for people who are struggling with eating disorders where Claire will be providing her services there as well. Like we're going to be supporting people of all ages um, or actually youth and adults um, going through care. And we're actually going to be doing parent nights too. So we're going to do parent and caregiver sessions where we're going to support parents through it too. Cause it's um, just like we're talking about like individual versus systemic, like an eating disorder, you have the individual and the family component too, right? Like all of it works together. So that's super exciting. So if you guys are interested, everything will be in the show note in terms of Claire's info, her bio, where you can book with her. And um, yeah, I'm super pumped that we had this conversation finally. So now let's get into our fun questions. The first question I have for you is what is your favorite food? I think my answer would change depending on like the season, maybe my mood, everything. Um, if I had to pick like one item, um, cheese, it is a pretty constant, like any kind of cheese, um, warmed up cold on anything. I just feel like it really adds, it it almost goes with, with everything. (laughs) If we're thinking, um, meals, I love trying new foods and, um, especially love like, um, East Indian 
cuisine. And so any kind of, I love spicy foods and, and lots of flavors. So um, it's kind of my go-to when I go out to eat, I always try to pick something that I maybe can't make myself. And that's been lately, that's been a, that's been a favorite of mine for sure. Ooh, I love that. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, to teleport. I think it's what it would be like to not have to, to kind of, yeah, transplant myself to kind of, you know, maybe not in COVID times, but to just, if I needed to be somewhere to just kind of like snap my fingers and be there not have to like travel, <laughs> like waste time commuting, or, you know, if I want to go across the world, like to just kind of be there or visit yeah. family that doesn't necessarily live with me. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is, would be my favorite too. And I have like a little sadness that that will never happen. <laughs> oh, no. How cool it would be that I could like clap my fingers and I'll be like in Italy eating gelato yeah. and I'm like wait that will never happen for me I'm like, oh. so, yeah not having to kind of plan the the actual traveling <laughs> yeah and how much time yeah <laughs> um yeah. what is your favorite way to self-care Ooh, I love being in nature, hiking. Um, I also like a good bubble bath. That's always nice on the weekend, um, recharging with uh, time with my family um, and a good Netflix show here and there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Yeah. And then last question for you, because this is the Balance Dietitian Podcast and we work at the Balance Practice. What does balance mean to you? I really think lately it means boundaries. Um, so setting up boundaries, you know, for yourself to kind of for self-care, but also with relationships, boundaries. I, I really think that sort of can set your own balance. If you kind of have, you know, you have your boundaries sort of set up around you that can kind of support balance within your life, whether it's professional boundaries in your professional life and versus sort of personal boundaries and, and to kind of ensure that you have room for, for all the different, you know, roles that you play in life and, and to kind of protect your energy. I think that supports balance overall. So trying to navigate uh, and set up and figure out what boundaries are helpful for you. So I would have to say boundaries for some reason that's kind of coming to mind. Yeah. I love that. That's Awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much again for being on the podcast. I really, really appreciate you. I'm so pumped that you're part of our team. And I think this will be super valuable for listeners too. Thank you so much for having me. And I really enjoyed our conversation today. Yes, awesome. It's so cool. Like such a cool conversation to talk about the different levels. I don't think this is something we talk about often enough, talking about our responsibilities as individual in our healing, but also talking about like the system needs to change, you know, like we can do all of this work, but we need like that higher level to also change. We need policies to be different. We need the advocacy there. We need campaigns. Like all of these things I find is so interesting to talk about. And also, like I said, during the podcast episode, like makes me so hopeful that there are these healthcare providers that are implementing change at those levels. Although it takes longer because everything takes time <laughs> when you work at that level, change is coming. Like I am so pumped for this and we can all be part of that change too. When you heal your own relationship with food and your body, when you do that work for yourself, one, it's awesome for you. Your life is better. 
dramatically. Like your life is better, but you're also giving permission to other people to heal, which is that like snowball effect. And we then put more pressures on systems. We don't um, settle for lazy medicine anymore, right? Like we advocate for ourselves when we are healed. So you doing this work for yourself is pushing the needle so far for us, right? As a community, which is so freaking cool. All right, my friend, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will catch you in the next one. Stay warm.